Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Survival Show podcast with David and me, Craig, where it's our job to take you step by step through the mindset, skills, tactics, and gear you need to survive almost any crisis, emergency, or disaster, and show you how to use the lessons you learned today to thrive in your life tomorrow. And everybody, it's our mission to help you progressively increase your survival IQ. So you leave out of here better prepared at the end of the show than you were at the beginning. And so Craig and I were talking about the podcast last night and we both felt like we all have this incredible responsibility and opportunity to step back and break down what's happening in the United States and around the world. As at the time of this recording, right now we're in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. So as we get into this, Craig, I just want to say to everybody that regardless of what they think of the threat level that this outbreak poses to you personally, we have some very significant real world, real time events that are happening as a result of fear, panic, possibly the way the media is covering this event that are all affecting and will continue to affect all of us in one way or another as we move forward. This is not an imaginary Hollywood depiction of what might happen. This is our life today. So I think, Craig, we both agree that there's almost no better training opportunity than to observe what's going on right now and learn from the real stuff we're all living through, especially in this unique situation as it relates to the coronavirus. So, Craig, what do you think if we just mine out some lessons learned and help ourselves to be better prepared as we move forward through this and be better prepared in the future? Yeah, I think the big thing for us for certain is what a good Marine would say, adapt, improvise, and overcome. And you need to have a flexibility of mindset and you know, another lack of a better way of saying it, a stoicism about yourself where you move forward based upon good information. And we're going to detail exactly that. Number one, how to try to find good information, how to recognize that you're not looking at or listening to good information and, and get to where it is that we need to be. I think it's really important that we break that down. You know, it's just critical thinking. And right now, there's a, mo- a lot of emotional thinking going on around us. There's not much critical thinking. But uh, I think we're going to get into, into that for sure. I think, I, just as always, I want to make sure that we thank our sponsors, the Sportsman's Guide, for all the things that they're doing to make this podcast happen. We wouldn't be able to do it with them. Outdoor Core, the survivalshow.com website. Our outdoor core. After last week, we talked some about outdoor core. That's been fantastic. We've seen a lot of people really interested, and uh, so get into that. And there's details in the latest podcast on the hygiene on how to get a discount. Use the discount code Survival Show to get 20% off on the outdoor core. That helps to support us and what we're doing. The links are down below, so check that out. And as always, you can find everything that we're talking about here on the Survival Show podcast at the survivalshow.com website. And again, revamp, looking good. So go over there and check that out whenever you get the chance. And I'm waiting for your new picture yet, Craig, so we can uh, change out that <laughs> one that you love from like five or six years ago. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, man. All right, man. So you ready to get into this? I'm ready. All right, so Craig, I almost feel like I'm watching a disaster emerge in slow motion. That's giving us some opportunity to break this all down in a helpful way. In short, yeah, I agree with you. 
I think part of the reason that some of us are looking at it and say it's happening in slow motion is because we've been studying, researching, and looking at this sort of topic for a, a long time and in depth now. So we know that there's going to be panic buying. We know that it's, and it's, you know, it, the big thing that's been happening on social media is the exposure that of people fighting over toilet paper and stuff of that nature. There always is one thing, isn't there? In, in these events no that people get people in media get when I say media, I'm talking about social media too. Uh, those, those of you who are listening, who are taking pictures of empty shelves and putting them on social media are contributing to the panic. I'm not scolding you. I'm not, I'm not upset or anything of that nature. I'm just saying we've got to really consider what kind of things we put up on social media at times like this, because that helps induce more panic. And obviously the network news sources they've got to make money they've got a lot of people to pay and payroll and all that stuff so they got to get people watching you know they're going to do it but we don't have to do that uh, we can avoid that but again this slow roll into this this situation is because we know <laughs> how these things go and how they come about and so we're seeing these things play out right before our eyes I just checked, Craig, and the stock market has just taken another huge hit, another 2,000 points. I mean, it may rebound by the end of the day. I don't know. This is in contrast to what we were experiencing as historic highs almost every day. And this is just, we're just talking a month ago. We're talking 30 days ago when the Dow looked like it was poised to hit about 30,000. 30, yeah, 30,000. Right. So right now we're sitting at just over 21,000. And we just heard that the NBA is suspending games for now, March Madness. We've got more and more schools, colleges, universities sending students home. Did you hear about this? About all these college students that are getting released from classes and they're like, hey, we're not affected by the coronavirus, so we're just going to travel and take a really long spring break. I don't know if we'll get into that, but we've got a lot of large well, I'll events. I'll get into it right now. That's just dumb. I mean, the President of the United States suspends flights from Europe back into the U.S. What, hap what happens if this gets really big and he does that again? I mean, you could go to Europe and not be able to come back. It's true. I mean, yeah. realistically. I mean, people that are doing that stuff, oh, man, oh. I'm going to have a tough time with this today, David. These people are stupid. <laughs> I just saw a live broadcast from Rome. A girl was there and... I saw that too. And, uh, yeah, go ahead. That's good. That was just really interesting because mm -hmm. uh, Italy's been, as far as we know right now, the hardest hit European nation. They've basically got markets open, food markets. They've got hospitals and pharmacies and not much else. And the people are supposed to stay at home and they almost need like this hall pass. But so if you need to go to the market or something and get some food, you need to check and make sure that's okay and do what you need to do and go home. That is interesting. I hadn't seen that part of it. I didn't watch that whole interview with her. Wow. So Craig, here's my question. With Many, many more people being affected and dying from the common flu every year. And nothing like this happening in 2009, 2010 with the H1N1 pandemic, of which over 12,000 people in the U.S. alone died. It seems that what we have happening here could be a panic-driven disaster and something that many of us probably have not anticipated. So what is going on, Craig? Well, the first thing is that humans... Humans as a species of animal are herd animals. And when we see other members of our species doing things, 
we are biased to want to do what they're doing, whether we understand what they're doing or not. This is a lesson that you learn as a country boy like me raising cattle. You get one wild steer that wants to go running, it's going to take the whole herd. So you have to get all of the, everybody pointed the right direction, push through the gate and all that sort of thing. And as I got older and started understanding that we humans work the same way as those dumb cattle, when we see things happening, we do it. For example, the toilet paper thing, which has gone just incredibly viral on social media, is part of that. We see everybody wanting to get toilet paper. Toilet paper is running off the shelves. Nobody can get any. And now we've got to go get some more toilet paper. Now, a lot of people feel that way. Hand sanitizer, whatever it might be. It seems like toilet paper has been the topic of conversation for most on social media, that is. Well, well, that's, that is that herd mentality acting up. We need to recognize in ourselves when we see ourselves doing these things or considering these things, are we going with the herd just because the herd's going? Should we follow? Should we not? Okay. So the, the big part of this that I think we need to spend some time discussing today is just how to critically think, how to critically look at situations and analyze them, gather intelligence, gather information, and and go about making sound decisions. Now, most people right now are getting their information from two sources. That's either social media or network news. And we know that both of these are suspect areas to get information from. Suspect you know, network news is sensationalized. We all know it. Social media is full of half-truths, fake information, people that only share their thoughts and you assume that because this is happening here that it's happening everywhere and so you start acting as if it is happening everywhere and that's not a good way to make decisions you're looking at a source of information that is not necessarily true for you so how how do we go about looking at this information how do we critically think now, here's three things and that is questioning assumptions reasoning through logic and having a diversity of thought. Okay, let's go back and break these down. Number one, questioning assumptions. If we assume, all of us, every day, we assume things every single day. And if we go through questioning every assumption that we make, then we won't be productive when we won't be able to get anything done. For example, just case in point is, do I assume that the sky is blue? If I have to question whether the sky is actually blue, then I'm not productive as a human, as a person, as a father, as a podcaster, educator, whatever. I'm, I'm just not getting much done. But when we do have to question our assumptions is when the stakes are high. Mm-hmm. And that is the time now. That's what we're dealing with right now. The stakes are high. You know, for, for everybody that's listening, you, me, that are talking, probably have somebody in our lives that are either friends or family that are in high risk. Okay. I'm going to talk about this a little bit more later, but one of the things that we need to be concerned about is as it pertains to the coronavirus is, is those that are at high risk, elderly, obviously those that smoke because they have weakened health, those that have compromised immune systems, for example, my daughter, type 1 diabetic, she might have a compromised immune system. 
And here's the big one I was going to get in later, but since I'm talking about it, let's do it now. 45% of the people in our country over the age of 45 are obese. And obesity is a health problem no different than smoking when it comes to some sort of situation like this. So we've got the stakes are high. We all know somebody that's either elderly, has a compromised system, or is obese. So those people could die if the coronavirus or if they contract the coronavirus, okay? Number two, reasoning through logic. You got to look at these situations, and the way I like to look at them and and basically add a visual to it is think of it as a chain, and the chain of events that lead to you making proper decisions. You have to look at each and every situation, particularly as it relates to the coronavirus. We've got to look at where we're getting the information, try to understand how we listen to that information, how we start to process it, and then what it is that we do with information. And that is a chain that we have to logically look at every link in that chain. Okay, number one, where we get information. When I came in from this morning doing uh, some stuff outdoors, my wife was sharing some information about the coronavirus because we're watching it closely like everybody. And my first question is, where did this information come from? I've got to look at that piece of the chain. If you're looking at CNN or Fox News, then, and, and that is your only source, one or the other, then you're really messing up. Incredibly bad, which takes us into thought number three, which is we've got to have a diversity of thought. And we've got to diversify where it is that we're getting our information. If we only listen to CNN, we're going to get their bias. If we only listen to Fox News, we're going to get that bias. If we only listen to the people that are here in, in the central Kentucky area, I'm going to get the central Kentucky bias and so on and so forth. I've got to get more information and varied information from different sources and get outside of those that are like-minded. Again, from a herd mentality standpoint, we we don't like things to change. Humans do not like change. And so we like things to be simple and easy and comfortable. So we stay and feel most comfortable with people that are like-minded. And last part of this, I would say, is just think about the people in your life that are introverted or extroverted. Your introverted folks tend to, and I've got very close family and friends, very, very close people to me that are introverted. And it's easy for an introvert, I'm not saying this negatively, I'm just recognizing that people have this sort of psychology about them, tend to stay closed and don't get much information. And so we need to help those people so that they don't come out of their cocoon and realize, oh crap, the world's coming to an end and they're in shock. And, and those kind of things are important. You know, again, just summary, question assumptions, reason through logic, that's that chain, and then diversify your thought. That's really helpful, Craig. I've heard Ben Shapiro say, facts don't care about your feelings. But in this case, facts don't seem to matter as much where fear rules. We all know that. Hey, let me say something real quick that you just said. Okay, think about this. Everybody knows that Ben Shapiro's on one side of the political aisle versus the other. And so people that are listening that might go, man, but Ben Shapiro's blah, blah, blah. Well, you need to listen to a Ben Shapiro and you need to listen to, you know, a Rachel Maddow too, to what I would consider two ends of a spectrum, really. And and try to see where they're talking about the same things because in this case, and I agree with you 100%. David, on what you're saying, but 
for those that might be listening and just shutting us off because you might say, oh, I don't like that guy or whatever, or this person or this new source. That's what I'm talking about. That's where mm-hmm. you are putting Good yourself point. on a hole and you're not having a diversification of your thought process. And don't get me wrong for me to read the news. It's problematic because I've got to get it from two, at least two sources and usually several, but, uh, yeah, I hope that makes sense. Sorry to it interrupt does. you. No, that's that's really good. It's good because it, it spoke to your last point, too. I never imagined a couple weeks ago, Craig, that we would still be talking about this. But statistically, Craig, since I know you are the epitome of statistical nerd, the sales of the tiny guide on Amazon specifically are through the roof. The biggest spikes are coming with the most transparent information from the most authoritative sources. It gets me thinking about this oversaturation of media, whether the information is good or bad, seems to be driving us to some things that are inherent in us where we would default to a, a fear perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think we should make it clear. Yeah, we love it when the tiny guide sells, but it is alarm. David and I have talked about this all the recording. Yeah, we designed that to sell, but it's almost sad that that's happening right now because we intended that guide to be a training mechanism as well. So you could get it, utilize it, get prepared and be ready. And people are just behind the eight ball because they're doing that herd mentality thing. And now they're going out and buying things like that, buying, I'm sure, several other books and stuff of that nature. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's another indicator of what's going on. I think we need to be aware that this panic buying thing is is something that's happening. And, and if nothing else, we can learn from it and know, if anything else, as far as readiness, preparedness is concerned, this is teaching people that, yeah, you do need to be ready for something. Because again, 30 days ago, this wasn't any, on anybody's radar that much. And now it's on everybody's conversation list today. Everybody, unless you're a hermit and you don't have access to any news whatsoever. So it's it's one of those things that we need to have some preps. I mean, how many people didn't think there would be enough toilet paper this week? And there's not toilet paper available. It's crazy. You know, I told some of my friends last night, I, I bought two cases of hand sanitizer about three years ago, and they've been on my shelf for times like this. I think one of the things I wanted to get into, though, is, you know, even, I mean, this may come as a surprise to you too, David, even after Dave and I talked about getting on the podcast, because it's not our normal time to do a podcast, and discuss this, I I stayed up to about two in the morning last night watching news and reading stuff. And I I don't know, I'm more so on not panic, but paying a lot more attention than I was before. And one of the things that came up is, okay, looking at our news sources, who do I need to be listening to? And in my opinion, some of the people that we need to be listening to are infectious disease doctors. Because these are people that deal with this sort of thing all the time, every day, have advanced education, lots of experience, or I'm looking for doctors that have lots of experience. And so I started reading some things that were being interviews with these guys. And here's some, here's some things that came up that were alarming to me. I'm not saying that we should panic. I'm just saying that these are things that we should be paying attention to. Number one, this the reason that this does warrant some attention as compared to the flu is because this thing is just now getting started. So when we share information comparing coronavirus to the flu, the flu's been going on for quite some time this year. Well, this is just getting started. So that that's worthy of attention. 
Number two, this transmits more easily through the air, just through breathing. One of the infectious disease docs that was interviewed talked about there were 20,000, like the typical flu, you might have three or 4,000, I don't know even what he's measuring, uh, units of something in your throat when you have the flu. Well, they discovered some people that had twenty to 30,000 of these same units in their throat when they were diagnosed with coronavirus. So the more they breathe, the more those that they're spreading out into the air and other people can breathe it. This, this particular infectious disease doctor I was listening to, and I found another source that said the same thing that said, this is basically 10 to 15 times worse than the flu in terms of illness and fatalities and what they're expecting. Cause this gentleman in particular was on a team of infectious disease doctors that make these sort of numbers and put them together. Meaning in the next three to seven months, we could see 48 million people hospitalized and 480,000 deaths. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people you that throughout the world. So one of the things, and this, this goes back and this is why David alluded to me being a statistics nerd is Okay. There's hardly any cases for it here in the U.S. Why is that? Is that because it's not here and it's not problematic? Or we don't know that it's here? Consider that. Well, we haven't been testing for it that much yet. And that's one of the reasons. Now that we are testing for it, that's one of the reasons that statistically the numbers are stacking up rather quickly. Is And this is all happening in the last two or three days. Is more and more people are being tested and more and more people are being found to be having it. So, for you know, in, in case in point is Italy that David alluded to earlier. Three weeks ago, there's no issues in Italy. Now they are shut down. You know, they're shutting down. Uh, one statistic showed that that the number of people affected by coronavirus had increased 22% in the last three days. So that that's a big number, you all, a very big number. And one of the things that's coming out of Italy as well as China is that there's an alarming number of people that are age 40 range that are being affected too. Everybody thinks, hey, because people that are age 70, they're smokers that are obese, are susceptible to death, and that, you know, the younger people don't necessarily have to deal with it. That's not true. Uh, there's a large number of people that are in the 40 age group that are getting it, maybe not probably going to succumb to it and die from it. But the big thing is they're getting it and larger than normal numbers than the flu. Really, Let me throw something yeah. in here as far as testing goes. With all these test kits coming online, we are going to see a large spike in reported cases now. We're getting a baseline on where we're actually at for real now. Yeah, we're actually getting more accurate data. And, and there is going to be a spike. And one of the things that I have seen on social media that I like is, is flatten the curve kind of uh, these, you know, graphics that people are putting out is we want to do everything we can to flatten that curve, keep that spike down as low as possible. And one of the ways that we can do that is to do what uh, has been recommended to us. And that's, you know, I quite frankly, even a day and a half ago, university shutting down, basketball shutting down and all this stuff, I thought, well, that's a little bit crazy. But after listening to these infectious disease docs, talk about it for hours last night i'm i've changed my mind and, and and that goes again to what i was saying earlier is trying to get better source information like one of the infectious disease docs was talking about 
the uh, the people that have been quarantined on these ships coming in and they leave them on the ship and leave them out in the ocean. He said that is one of the dumbest things they could possibly do because the air on those ships is just recirculated. So without a doubt, you've infected more people by leaving it on the ship. He said, yeah, definitely. They need to be quarantined, but they need to be quarantined somebody somewhere besides the ship. Get them off that ship. So, you know, here in Kentucky where it's big blue country, wildcats, everybody lives and dies by the cats, you know, going into Rupp Arena or going into wherever it is that people play basketball in your part of the world, that air is recirculated. So the steps of not going in places where lots of people are gathered, I like that. I think that's going to help flatten that curve that we're talking about and try to keep that spike from happening. I think this has all led to kind of a snowballing and, and overwhelming effect. We're really still kind of new with this unfettered flow of information. I think there's a fight in our hearts and minds. It seems to be a default of the human heart to fear. Oh, man. Got in a really good discussion about the topic of fear recently with somebody I trust. Uh, as far as if if we take it into a spiritual slash religious perspective, you know, is the, is fear a natural thing that happens in us? That's a debate I've had with a lot of different people, and I, I can't come to a firm conclusion. I've had people on both sides that I trust and appreciate and look up to say that, yes, it is natural, and others say that it's not. But without a doubt, it's there. And one of the things that we can try to do is try to understand that it's there and and is there a way that we should look at it in a way that we can be better aware of what's going on around us uh, i did a podcast recently on two different fronts as it relates to the mind one was on mental fortitude and the other was on mindfulness and i really got into that subject pretty deep in that mindfulness topic i talked you know 30 40 minutes on the topic so go back and listen to that one but a couple of things to come out of that, as well as particularly applying them to what it is that we're discussing today, is is what I call arousal control. Uh, a lot of people smarter than me refer to it as arousal control, and I'm just parroting the information that they give me. And it's it's basically keeping a cool head. Uh, I, you know, my kids laugh at me because I say it is what it is all the time. You know, something bad's going on. It is what it is. You know, I tell our students in survival classes when we're training is when something bad happens, just stop, look at the situation, and go, you know, it's just a thing. It's just a thing. It's no big deal. And those are ways that I'm trying to help the mindset development of the people I'm responsible for training to look at situations and go and not get freaked out or not get upset even that just take them as they come. Okay. Uh, the next part of this is is that you want to level out your control in such a way that you know that you're pacing yourself and that you deal with the stress as it comes. Meaning when these stresses come, you look at them, you recognize them, you recognize in yourself that you're dealing with stress or you look at somebody and they're dealing with stress. I was dealing with this with my wife over the last couple of days. She's been really sick and she was wanting to do something and I'm, and we're having a conversation about it, just like a normal conversation other than I can tell she's ill. And the decision she's making is, is not a very smart decision. Uh, and it was all because she is so, she was under so much stress 
of being sick and feeling like she had some things that she needed to get done. And, and so it was time to just sit back and go, Hey, we need to break this down. Look at this and go, no, we don't need to be doing that. And, you know, she's done that to me countless times and helped me through situations where I'm too stressed out or, or fearful even, or something of that nature. And, and just break it down and, and looking at it from a perspective of, it's just a thing. It's just something to, it's just something to work through. I mean, two things come to mind when I write, you know, I have a background in martial arts. And so I've read a lot of the, the different things that come out of, you know, Asian philosophy, if you will, um, out of the book of five rings that a lot of military personnel, a lot of business executives, um, one quote that comes out of there is this, both in fighting and in everyday life, you should be determined though calm, meet the situation without tenseness, yet not recklessly, your spirit settled yet unbiased. That's one way of considering another one uh, close to me is Corinthians 9.24, which is, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one who receives the prize run in such a way that you may win? Now, that has a lot of different meanings to different people. But if we could apply that scripture to what we're doing now is look look at the whole picture of that. It's not just a sprint. It's a long marathon. And we're going to run this race. We're going to get through this in such a way that we take it, like I mentioned earlier, like it's a chain. Look at the different pieces of the chain and make our way through it. It's, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of the old monks and there's a lot of the old, when I say monks from different religions, you know, there was, I was reading last week, a friend of mine, who's a hard charger, pipe hitter type knows that know what that means, know what that means. But, but, uh, we were talking about a monk who caught himself on fire to, to, uh, protest the Vietnam war back in the day. And he was in a meditative position and caught himself on fire and basically just sit there and burned himself to death as a protest. Um, never moved the whole time. You know, what, what does it take for a man to catch himself on fire as a means of protest and die and not flail about, you know, early Christian church fathers would get on post and sit there for a month. And I think we can look at these people and go, okay, that's a little bit crazy. But what does that tell us about the human condition and what, what are we capable of doing? Can somebody go sit on top of a post for 30 days to bring attention to Christ? And can we learn from that? Well, we can learn that we can handle a lot of really weird out of the world stress. And this is no different. We, we are so well off. All of us that are listening, if you're listening to a podcast, you're well off. I'm just telling you, you are well off. And so we have so many things that we can just, if we'll take the opportunity to level our head, stay in control of where our emotions want to get the best of us, then we can think clearly as we move through these problems that come our way. Craig, that's excellent. But maybe I'd like to transition now, Craig, into some lessons learned so far. I think it's always good to review those at the end and leave people with some actionable things they can take home and use right now. Yeah, I think the big thing is mindset. You know, I'm a big fan of it. Everybody that listens to anything or reads anything that I do is, you know, I'm a huge fan of mindset development. So focus on that. You need to develop your mindset. You need to know how to think clearly under stress. Uh, we've done 
multiple podcasts on that here. It's the first five chapters of my book. We added some of that into the tiny survival guide. These are all very important things is mindset development. So that, that would be my first action step is, is if you are a praying person, then you need to spend some time in prayer. And we have a very diverse group of people that listen to this podcast, and you may not be that person that does that. Well, at least spend some time quietly listening to what you can hear and developing plans where you're not listening to network TV or watching the news. You know, sequester yourself off into a room for at least 30 minutes a day and just think. Again, if you're a praying person, then pray. And when I say pray, don't talk the whole time. Listen for a while and see see what kind of messages you can get. At least do what you can to get information that is outside of social media and network news. Craig, that's a really good point. So just turning off the media, and I agree with you, meditate, pray, go for a walk, help a friend, call out and recognize fear, and then move forward. Be aware of the situation, but not fearful of it. And that silence that you're talking about can help you put things in the right perspective. I think it's really important also to realize that you can only control what you control. There's certain things that are out of our control that we don't even really need to be all that concerned about. Yeah, the next one would be as far as lessons learned so far is there's a lot of panic buying that's going on. And recognizing that panic buying could be a thing is something that you need to be paying attention to so that we're going to make it through this, you all. We're going to make it through. And once we make it through, you need to not just let it pass by and not learn from it. Pay attention to this panic buying and, and learn from it. We, you know, David mentioned earlier the tiny guy's just kind of blown up um, in, in a good way as far as sales are concerned, but that's concerning. You know, we, we throw out information in these podcasts all the time. Just keep coming back to the podcast. Obviously, go back to the other ones that we've put out before. There's all sorts of things on there that talk about different preparations. You can pick up my books. You can pick up any number of different resources. The links will be found down below so that you can at least start getting your mindset and skills, tactics, gear, all of it in, in better order. For our own personal knowledge, is just to observe panic buying supply chain shortages. And I've been doing this myself. Of course, masks went really, really quick. The medical gloves, Clorox wipes, hand sanitizer, toilet paper. And interestingly, there was some how to make your own hand sanitizer that went out on social media. Composition they gave was 90% rubbing alcohol, aloe vera, and then some essential oils. And wouldn't you know, aloe vera gel is getting very, very hard to find. And 90% rubbing alcohol is, is just about gone. Over-the-counter meds, uh, bleach, and Karen mentioned frozen vegetables. Really? So, you know, observe what is becoming more in short supply right now so that you can prepare for the inevitable something that's going to happen down the road. You know, there's only one thing about that that makes me happy, and that is that people are focusing on hygiene and recognizing that that is very important. And, you know, I've been thinking for years that people don't recognize how important that is, and they probably don't or they'd already had these things. But at least now, if anything positive can come out of this, people are recognizing that hygiene is a very important piece of the disaster readiness puzzle, that's for sure. I think I think that's key for here as another, I don't want to get too far off of our action items, but I think we do, and David had just now mentioned it, but we need to utilize this as motivation to get prepared for anything that's going to happen as we move forward through this situation, as well as the next one, whatever that might be. 
you know, we can utilize this as a warning shot to, you know, basically prod us on, get us where we need to be. Um, and, you know, we've had it so good for so many years and for so long that we just, you know, have forgotten what it's like to be under the stress of something of this nature. So take some steps now to be more self-reliant. And you may utilize these steps now during this current process, this current problem, but definitely as we move forward, you'll be better off. Anything else you think folks ought to know based off of this podcast? I think that's it, man. I think uh, I'm glad we had the opportunity to get together today. You want to take us out of here? Yeah, that's it, everybody. Thanks for listening in. And wherever you're listening, I'm sure we're going to post this up on our social media platforms. There's going to be an area for comments there. That Use it as an opportunity to discuss with other people what they're thinking, not just like-minded people either. Um, share it with everybody you know if you think it can be helpful. And we greatly appreciate that. Everybody that listens to our podcast and shares them, our, you know, our whole goal has always been to help people. And so we're glad that we have this platform that we can utilize it for such. Well, we, hey, it's got a five-star rating and that means it's good stuff. So thanks for sharing. And if you've done us a five-star rating and we appreciate you. So just, just, just for emphasis, I wonder how many people you can help today by sharing this. Just think about it. How many people, if you put this out on your social media, how many people would get information that I might not normally have. So go ahead and share it if you don't care. It's super easy. Just click the share button or copy the link and post on Facebook, Twitter, or text to those you care about, whatever way that you feel comfortable getting on to other people as a way to help them. And we really appreciate you and thank you in advance for doing so. Uh, if Craig, it, let me just jump in here yeah. real quick. I, I, I don't know what you think about this, but we used to do, uh, do up a really f- fancy a bit of notes from each podcast, but uh, what, do, what do you think if over at the survival show.com I'll, I'll create an area and I'll post up just some of these notes. I'll just, I'll clean up our spelling errors and stuff like that before I do it, but I'm just going to post the raw notes for folks with some links. That way I think that might be able to help them and, and the ones they care about also. Yeah, that sounds good, man. I'm happy to, these notes are not secret ninja notes. These are available. We'll, we'll, we can do what we can to make them available. Cool. Yeah, so that'll help. Get over to the survivalshow.com website. Uh, there's the guides that we've been mentioning that have been selling like crazy. Those are on Amazon. You can go also get them on tinysurvival.com. Uh, we just did some uh, some things with uh, reviews on Amazon this week. Go over there and check those out. Uh, everything's looking really good for the tiny survival kits, tinysurvival.com. And we've got gear checklists always, and we'll have links for that in the description below too. That way you can just click on the link and you'll see some recommendations for kit ideas and things that'll help you. All right, guys, I think that's it. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on the survival show podcast. Keep it simple, be positive and stay sharp. Stay sharp.